You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. You're streaming live today. God bless you. Glad to have you with us right here at Passion Church. You got to get here because I'm telling you, the power of God is getting stronger every week, more powerful every time we congregate. And uh, if, if you haven't had a chance to join us with the, the uh, prayer circle, a small group, video small group we're doing, please do so because God is doing some extraordinary things in us as we grow in Him. Colossians. Go to the third chapter. While you're turning to the third chapter, I just want to share with you real quickly uh, sort of a summation because chapter 2 is my favorite chapter in the the book of Colossians because it tells us in verse 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye, verse 10, are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So let me explain this to you in in um, non-King James language. Can we do it that way? In fact, the Amplified says it this way, for in him, meaning Christ Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too, oh, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature, and he is the head of all rule and authority and of every angelic principality and power, and he resides in you. Oh, my goodness. If ever there was shouting ground, that is shouting ground. You go, what are you doing preaching so quick? I don't know. It's just in me. I got to go. You can't corral you can't corral a stallion, got to do something. Now, I'm not saying I'm a stallion by any stretch. I'm just saying I've got that same energy on the inside. I got to break out of the gate, and I've got to go where God says go. So let me sum up chapter 2 for you all in its entirety. It basically is telling us that all of heaven and earth, all of heaven and earth's secrets, All of heaven and earth's secrets and powers and understandings are in Christ Jesus. And that he is the sum total of God. God the Father added to Jesus the Son, added to the Holy Spirit, equals Jesus in his entirety. That messed with you right there. Mm-hmm. And then look at this. This is even more exciting. Verse 10. You're complete. Yeah. You're complete. Yeah. You are complete yes. in him. Yes. You are everything you need to be 
in Christ Jesus, not apart from him. Your everything God wants you to be if you will remain in him. It's only when I get outside of doing it his way that I get into all kinds of mess. But as long as I understand he is the sum total of everything I need and all the secrets of heaven and earth are wrapped up in him and all the power of the heavenlies is in him and he's in me. I am now complete in him and I am free from the death of sin. This, This flesh will eventually go to be with the Lord. But this spirit lives on. This soul lives on. The man on the inside is as fully alive as I could ever be. I'm already living an eternal life. I just haven't arrived outside of the time-space continuum. Woo, I'm having fun. And you all look at me like, Pastor, what did you drink for breakfast? Yes, how many coffees did you have? So here's, if we, if we read the whole thing, I'm not going to read the whole thing because chapter 2 isn't where we're going. But if, if we're going to summarize, summarize all of Colossians, the second chapter, it's basically telling us that you are free from legalistic rituals, rules that carry no weight with God in the first place. In other words, I'm setting you free from religion. Pow! I'm going to set you free from religion today. Let's just peel off the label. Now, I love my Pentecostal heritage, but I'm not Pentecostal. I'm just radically born again. And I happen to speak in heavenly languages when I get in my prayer closet as God needs me to do so. Peel off my Baptist label because I'm saved to the uttermost and I'm secure in that. I could go right down the line to everyone, but I won't hit them all. I just want to, you to understand that you don't have to satisfy some religious mindset in order to please your heavenly Father. And other men will want to put on you bondages and rituals and things, but you don't have to have those things to be pleasing to the heavenly Father. He loves you already. He's already crazy upside down in love with you, and he's already given invested everything he's got to give to you and all he wants is for you to know him in the fullness that you could operate in this life in the freedom of who he is knowing that you have no eternal worries your eternal debt has been settled and your soul is right with him and wherever you go you are a child of the most high God and you are identified as such in him Wow. And here's the beauty of it all. I belong to him. And the more I learn to lose my will and identify with my identity in him, the more powerful I become to my world around me that's waiting for an introduction to who he is. 
I become more powerful in him the more I walk in him, talk in him, act like him, grow like him, am strengthened in him. And you want to know the truth? Although it takes some real discipline to get my mind, my will, and my emotions to get this thing, spiritually, I'm as mature as I can possibly be. Just in my spirit, man, the Christ-likeness in me, it measures. It measures. That's why when I drop out of this life, it measures. Doesn't mean there's not things to learn after this life. I'm sure there are. But here's the beauty. In the here and now, I'm transforming day by day to look more and more and more and more and more like him. And the goal is, is when, when I leave this life, to leave behind me a legacy that says, I understood who he was, and I took him wherever I went, and I left a residual effect of him with whoever I came in contact with. I don't know if that makes you shout or not, but that makes me shout. Mm -hmm. So, chapter 3. I'm reading out of the King James, so it's got some of the King James vernacular. We'll probably bounce back and forth between King James and the Amplified. Those of you who are watching or streaming, uh, just kind of stick with us. Those of you who are watching by Roku TV, God bless you. So glad to have you with us today. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you are risen with Christ, if you've, been, if you've had your sin crucified and you've been resurrected anew in Christ Jesus because you've asked him into your heart and he's energized you and brought your dead spirit back to life and now coupled you in the fullness by moving into you through the power of his presence called the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, then you are as alive as you'll ever be in the space-time continuum and you've got a life beyond this one. And if you, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Come on, we're not living for the here and now. We're not living here to be a big cheese in this life. We're living in the here and now to accomplish his will so we can be translated and come up and live with him where he is. So set your heart on him. Set your heart on where he is. Set your heart on living with him. Set your heart on being with him, walking with him, talking with him, getting to know him intimately. That way when the day of your translation comes, it will be no big surprise to you because you've walked with him and you're going to be just like Enoch, you have walked with him and known him in such a way that one day your walk is going to end with God saying, why don't you just walk on all the way home with me? Mm -hmm. Man, I'm having fun. Verse 3, for ye are dead. Who is ye? You are dead. 
and your life is hid with Christ in God. You are dead. Turn to your neighbor and say, I thought rigor mortis was sitting in on you. <laughs> That's not right. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> your guys' minds are going way too far with that. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is, oh my word, when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mm. In fact, in the Amplified, it says it this way, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in the splendor of his glory. How many remember the story when Jesus went, took Peter, James, and John, and he went up to what we call the Mount of Transfiguration? And suddenly Jesus was translated in that moment that the real inner man, who he really was, began to shine so brightly it was coming out of him and oozing out of every pore. And Peter didn't know what to do with it. He's like, uh, should, we build, should, we, should we build memorials here, God? I don't, I don't know what to do with this holy moment. But because you now have Christ in you, if God so wanted, you could shine just like Jesus because Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the illumination of your life. And he's waiting to break out of every pore in you so that the world can see that in you is the fullness of Christ. Hidden up in you, the sum total of God walks with you wherever you go. You are not God, but you are his container. You carry him around. You are the tabernacle. You are the temple. You are the place where he wants to dwell. You are the ark of his covenant. He wants to live and dwell on the inside of you that you can take him into an unsuspecting world and at any given moment he can raise the lid on the ark so that someone else might see him through you. Mm. I'm having fun. Verse 5. Mortify. Therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication. Now, that word mortify means to kill. It's, it's where we get the word mortar. Have you ever seen, uh, if you go out here and look between the bricks on the front of our building, you'll see a little scribe line there, and that's mortar. It's concrete. It means to make something so set it can never be moved again. So he's telling us, get so set dead, set against sin. Yes. Yes. Ooh, Terry, I about threw this to you, let you preach for just a little bit. Man almighty. Listen, I may have to run around this room, and if I knock things over and fall on the floor, you just keep on praising God. Mm. He's saying, mortify, mortify therefore your members which are here upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, I can't even pronounce that word, and covetousness, which is idolatry. This is why we have the Amplified. 
So kill, dead and deprive of power, the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry and the defying of self and the other created things instead of God. Deifying, I'm sorry. In other words... If I continue to do these things, I exalt them above my God and I make a God out of sinful living. And what we're being instructed by the apostle here is simply this. Get set like a brick set in a mortar and don't let sin arise in your members. Get so dead set against it that you're like a brick. It bounces off. It can't penetrate. It can't find a crack in between. It can't find any place that it can get a hold of you because you are dead. Mm. Wow. I'm just going to stay in the Amplified. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will among whom you also once walked, and when you were living in and addicted to such practices, but now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses and slander and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old unregenerated self with its evil practices." How many want to be mortified in God? Well, that was three hands. Praise God, we got three holy people in this house, Lord. <laughs> I caught you off guard. But now how many people? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, forgive my silliness. Verse 10. And have clothed yourself. So he's telling us, strip it all off. Get rid of all of it. Now, here's the remedy. Are you ready? And have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self. I think in, in, in the King James it says, and put on the new man. This is why the word says, behold, old things have passed away and all things have become because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Oh, look at this. You're a new man. You're a new man. Ladies, that ought to excite you. You got a new man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. Now, it means mankind. So it's you too, ladies. You too. And all my single men went, woo. We need to be dressed differently. You know, before I knew Christ, I acted a certain way. After I knew him, it was a whole different ballgame. And anytime I crossed the line, Pastor Jerry, I know we should never, as ministers, ever admit we ever crossed the line, but I crossed back and forth in that line because I got saved at an early age. And so I would be really living for God one day, but then I might, you know, a week later kind of not be living so good for him. Come on, let's just be honest. 
And those were the most miserable days of my life was when I knew I wasn't putting on the new man, but I was playing around deifying the old one, the dead one. I could get real morbid, but I won't. Get ugly, but I won't. I just want you to understand you have an obligation in Christ to be different than you were before you came to him. You have an obligation to be different in Christ than the way you were before you came to him. It's an obligation. Because you're obliged to the understanding that you could not have done this without him. And because he did this for you and made you a new creation and a new creature... He has put you in a position you could have never attained to. We could have never gotten this close to Christ if we hadn't had the born-again experience. If we hadn't asked him into our heart, if we hadn't asked him into our life, if we hadn't given him full reign. But the challenge is, Staying in the new man and not reverting back to the old one. Are you still with me? That's why it tells us to put on the new man. Be clothed. Clothe yourself with the new spiritual self. Mm -hmm. Look at this. Verse 11. Let me finish with, with 10 again. And having clothed yourself with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed. Now, I'm helping you. You're ever in the process of being renewed on this side of eternity. It isn't always overnight that everything starts looking like Christ. But I'm always being regenerated because the Christ lives in me. And he's always, the Holy Spirit's always telling me when I'm not right. How many, have, how many have tried to get away with something and you heard the Holy Spirit go, dang, right? Aren't you glad for the inner voice of the Holy Spirit that helps you? Because sometimes I, I do things and I don't even realize I've done something wrong and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit go, hey. And I can ignore it and get prideful or I can submit myself and be humble about it. And every time I submit myself, that's when life goes good for me. It's only when I get stiff-necked that it doesn't go so well. And having clothed yourself with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image or the likeness of him who created it. See, here's what your renewal is. Every day you're being renewed. More of you is falling off. More of him is taking control. More of you fades away and more of him arises if we stay active in being clothed upon with him. Mm-hmm. Verse 11. In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There is no room for and there can neither be Greek nor Jew. In other words, nationality falls away. 
prejudice has to find a new avenue. It can't live in you. Skin tone makes no difference in God. And if we get self-righteous and think we got something nobody else has, this is what the problem was with the natural Jew before Christ. They were prejudiced against the whole world because they were God's chosen people. That's why they didn't get to take the message around the world and we're living in the time of the Gentile because as a whole, the nation was judged. But thank God for those who understood Christ Jesus who brought this without prejudice to us. When Peter was praying and minding his own business and that sheet fell out of the sky and began to tell him, God began to tell him to eat of these detestable things that were not on his Jewish diet and he was puzzling over that, God sent someone to his door because there was a devout man named Cornelius. I preached this a couple of weeks ago. There was a Gentile who loved God, wanted to know God, wanted to get to know him more intimately, and while that man was praying, he arrested Peter and brought him over, and suddenly now the church expanded into a realm that the Jew never dreamed possible. And when... Peter came back after that experience and he prayed for those people and they suddenly now were believers and suddenly now they had all the characteristics that the Jews of Jesus Christ had. They were all messianic together and these were people that at one time Peter would have been prejudiced against. Suddenly now they're brothers in the faith and when he came back, those who were established in the faith raised up a concern. Every move of God always has a previous generation who led the move, but when God begins to incorporate something new, they get nervous. But thank God, after Peter told his story, they all went, well, if God wants the Gentiles too, then it's a great and marvelous mystery in God that the Jew and the Gentile shall be one and will all be one in Christ the Messiah and let's, let's reach the world for his cause. And you and I are living in that. Verse, did I, I read all of verse 11, did I not? I didn't, you're right. In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There is no room for, and there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or non-circumcised. No difference between nations, rather aliens, barbarians, or Scythians, who are the most savage of all, nor slave or free man. But Christ is all and in all, and everything and everywhere to all men without distinction of person. I was standing a couple years ago. The anointing says take this off. No, actually, it's just the heat in the room. I was standing at a rental house that we were living in a few years ago, standing, and I was looking out across barren fields. And while I was standing there, revival was on my heart, and God was speaking to me. And God said this to me. He says, look at that field I said, yeah, I can see many fields, God. He said, 
do you notice there are fences? I said, yes, Lord, that divides one man's piece of property from another man's piece of property. He says, and who is the Holy Spirit like? I said, the Holy Spirit is like the wind. He says, is the wind stopped by a barbed wire fence? I said, no, Lord, the wind is not stopped by a barbed wire fence. And he said, neither is my spirit. And just because we draw factions and boundaries and borders doesn't mean God doesn't have the right to blow right past your border. In the revival that God has for this region, there are going to be many labels that have to be peeled because God's going to do something that is so beyond our ability to truly get a hold of it and grasp it. Verse 12, clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own hand-picked representatives. I know I'm reading out of the Amplified. Yours may not say all that extra verbiage, but this is the original Greek intention and implication that is behind what was said in the original language. Look at that. Look at that. I figured Pastor Colleen would jump off of her chair and run around the room because she's always telling everybody she's God's favorite. And I just figured she'd jump up when I said that. You're God's own hand-picked design. God loves you so much he hand-picked you. Some of you were still trying to sin. And God got a hold of you. And your feet stopped making traction because God said, oh, no, you don't, Mike. You coming with me, boy. God wants you. He desires you. Now, you can reject him. You have a will. But if you're wise and you feel the tug of the Holy Ghost, you'll go without resistance. You'll just say, here I am, Lord, not part of me, all of me. I want to be like Peter. Don't just wash my feet. Get me all. Get all of me. I want all. I want to be all in for you, God. Amen. <laughs> I'm having fun. I got to quit, though. I got to hurry. Look at this. Clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen one, his handpicked representatives who are purified and holy. You ever thought of yourself as holy? And well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior, what? By putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy and kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourself, gentle ways and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference or a grievance or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other. Come on, forgiveness is a major part of our walk. Even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. 
And above all these, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. And let the peace or the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you are also called to live and be thankful and appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its rich, richness. And as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight, intelligence, and wisdom in spiritual things, and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace in your hearts, and whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Mm. Wow. Let's back up real quickly to verse 12. Put on, therefore, this is the King James, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Let's go back. The first part of verse 12 in the Amplified says, clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen ones. Wear Christ so the world can see him. Verse 10. Go back up to verse 10. And have clothed yourself with a new spiritual self. That word in the original language, it means to wrap up in Christ. So clothed in him that all you see is him. You're hidden so in him that the world can't help but encounter him because you were clothed upon with a new nature. You were clothed upon with a new character. You were clothed upon with a new way of living, a new way of forgiving, a new way of helping those around you. You're clothed upon. You are wrapped up in Christ Jesus. You're so hidden in him the world can't tell where you end. And where he begins, wrap up, clothe yourself with the new nature of Christ that is within you. Because God has some fences to jump and some borders to penetrate and some fields he needs to get into. And though people have put up walls and barriers... The Holy Spirit wants to disarm them and go beyond them and tag your it. He's going to use you in this region to bring his presence into fields that were not even looking for him. Pastor Colleen shared with me a startling statistic today on the way into church, and and it startled me. Do you remember it? Do you have it? I 
I didn't know where we were going today. I had no notes. I didn't understand what it was God wanted to say, but I think I found it. I think I found it. But when she shared this with me today, I realized we got to make use of every ounce of time we have. I've been at this thing loving the Lord and trying to minister for 42 years. And I haven't even got started. Pastor Jerry, I feel like I haven't even started the race yet. I imagine probably in your heart you feel the same. I've learned a lot. I've grown. I've changed. But there's so much more to do. And I can't be counted out of the game because there's too many souls that need to be touched and too many lives that need to hear his truth. But if I'm going to affect my world, I have to clothe myself with Christ. Terry, I have to have revivals in people's garages. I've got to terrorize the school system so much that God walks down the hallway with me. I've got to so affect the business world that people stand up and notice. There's something different about that guy. <laughs> I'm going to be silly, forgive me. Here's your sign. We got to display just like a digital display who he really is. So that no one can see us, we're like the backdrop, the little, the little circuit board with all the lights. We're plugged in to the main source, and the main source is giving us the image of Christ Jesus for the world to see. I'm to illuminate Christ everywhere. Share that statistic with us, and I will wind this down. In 2010, 32% of Protestant pastors were against same-sex marriage. In 2019, 47% of mainline pastors are in support of same-sex marriage. 47%. That means 53% of us are saying no, no, no. And we've got clear instruction, clothe yourself in righteousness. Clothe yourself in the very character and the likeness of Christ Jesus himself. Be clothed upon so that no one sees anyone but him. Let him be the sign that flashes in your life, in you and through you. I can't live on mama's coattails. Her Christianity got me by for the first few years when she would read me bedtime stories. I, I can't depend on daddy's faith. I've got to have a faith of my own. I've got to stand up and apply what God has given me and allow it to make a difference not only in me, but in everyone I encounter. And none of us are excluded I'm going to say this. This is going to sound cruel. I don't mean it cruel. 
There are no excuses. There are no limitations. There are no physical limitations that keep us from sharing Christ. As long as our mouth will move, as long as our fingers can type, if there's a will, there's a way. There's no reason to sit behind our sealed houses and sealed walls and allow his name to fall to the ground and let an unbelieving generation lift it up and make it the standard of the church that sin becomes the standard in which by we try to win the world. We've been called to come out from among them and be clothed upon with Christ. If the worship team would come. Father, I magnify you today. I worship you today. I thank you for your message. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Father, for an unplanned message, Father, that you wanted to spill out today. I ask, Lord, that I did the best that I could. I pray, Father, that anything I may have said or did amiss, Father, that you can redeem it in some form or fashion that it makes a difference in someone else's life. Those, Father, who are streaming, those who are watching by television or listening by radio today, God, I pray that every excuse, Father, falls to the ground. For when we said yes to Jesus, we became dead men walking. When we said yes to Jesus, we ceased to exist, and he begins to become the everything of our life, the sum total and the completeness, the fullness of life. He is our eternity. He is our answer. And we are hidden in Christ Jesus, clothed upon by his holiness. If you're listening by radio, streaming with me today, or sitting in front of your television. The Holy Spirit's already been released, and it's already moving. The only way you get away from it is if you change the channel, and I am arresting you now so that you can't. God means business. God's not going to come up and return to a world filled with people who are lackadaisical, half-hearted, and have no desire in him to be anything more than just a pew-sitter. God is looking for a church that's actively engaged. He's looking for a people who aren't riding on the coattails of their pastor or their worship leader or their mother, their father, or their husband and wife, your parents, your children. God is looking for people who will stand up and be a people. Stand up and be the children of God that we say we are. God is looking to blow past borders, church mentalities. He's ready to start tearing down nonsensical rules, regulations, and legalisms that we have built in every denomination. 
God is looking for a people who will stand up and be tried and true in the day and hour in which we live. God is looking to blow into your region and turn it upside down for the cause of Jesus Christ. And he wants to use you to do it. If you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, I'm going to ask you right now, right at this very moment, to bow your head. And I want you out of your heart to ask him into your life. If you have made this proclamation of faith before, but you haven't followed through with it, today is your day to make it right again. If you've been serving the Lord for 50 years, but you've gotten cold, lackadaisical, and afar and astray from him, or if your Christianity has become ho-hum, then you need to pray with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Rescue me. Bring me to that place of spiritual life. I want to know you. I want to be your child. I want to walk with you. I want to grow into your image. I want people who encounter me to see you. So I choose to let go of my sin my laziness, my ho-hum attitude. I want to be red hot, on fire, filled with passion, filled with purpose, desiring you and you alone for the remainder of my days. Here on earth, I want to be a student of your truth. Let your word come alive in me. Cause my faith to grab your truth today. I say yes to an all-out, sell-out, holding nothing back. I say yes. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Take charge of my life forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Drop us a line at www.passionchurchmo.com and let us know you prayed that prayer today. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.